When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Toronto Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching All-Star Edition. You know, I'm even wearing out the hat. I know it's one of the worst All-Star games ever with the Cleveland Indians hosting it when we only had one All-Star and Justin Smoke, but it is still All-Star season. Kenny, how you doing, bud? I am doing all right, my friend. I think it's a very, the Jays finally got a chance to get take a bit of a rest, and uh they used to say, if you ever you ever watched the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Not enough, probably. I watched the new one. New? I haven't watched the new one. But there was an episode nope. where there was one character that says they use the word momentum, and that's where the Jays are at this point. We're heading in with some momentum. I really hope that there is more momentum than there is <laughs> the ulterior of that, because there is just so many things that have been up, down, left, right in the first half for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, and I think that would be the appropriate place to start for this evening before we dive into what happened last week. And obviously talking Vladdy home run derby prep here and everything as we are going to be live here for the hour before the home run derby starts at 8 o'clock this evening, Monday night, for the All-Star festivities. This team has been all over the place, Ken. Up, down, but at the end of the day, the season ended today. This is technically a playoff team. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, yeah, like as much as I would love to say I want us to be like, what is it, 81 and 0, you know, I, I'll, I'll take 50 and 41, right? So Correct. at this point, you know, like I said, I wish the Jays would not make it a roller coaster. I wouldn't mind like a nice, you know, steady drive from sea to shining sea. That's what I would prefer. Or we're just winning, maybe hit the occasional bump, but not to the point where, we win a few, we lose a bunch, we win a few again, we lose a bunch, and really just drive up our, our, our blood pressure here as Blue Jays fans. <laughs> I'm starting to think I'm going to need a pacemaker or something <laughs> here in the next few weeks. But And to that point, they even did it to us this weekend, which we're going to talk into again. But the fact that let's talk really quick and simple, simple fun here. All-Star MVP for the Blue Jays as far as up to this season at the All-Star break. Who is your offensive MVP for this team? And who is your pitching the MVP for the season so far? And I know I'm putting you on the spot because I'm that kind of a jerk. I'm sorry. No. Well, <laughs> it's hard to go against Bichette as the MVP for the almost, especially for the offensive side. He is hitting almost everything you can imagine, right? He's leading the team in almost home runs, RBI. He's just a scary, and he's not like one of those physically imposing hitters, right? That you would just be afraid that, you know, if they, just one little tip and the, the ball will go flying, right? But he's been a, a very well-rounded hitter, which has really been, you know, I think teams are almost scared of him because they don't know really how to pitch to him. I think everyone just keeps, I'll make this comment later on, but everyone seems to love throwing the slider outside for some reason, but everyone seems to strike out of that. But yeah, that one's not working out very good for uh, Blue Jays, uh, or I mean, uh, opposing pitchers against Boba Shutt. The uh, slider just goes the other way. And I agree with yeah. you that he's got to be driving pitchers in the American League batty I and I'm pun intended because I'm a horrible dad joke like that away from everything um so to that point he has a 3.6 war so far this season the only person that's close 
would be Matt Chapman. And we saw that that war is mostly defense and the insane player of the month award that he got to start this year. Um, to that point, he is also having a great season. And I would think between the two of them anchoring this offense, and we're going to be good more games than that. So I think that I can't agree. I can't disagree with you with the fact that Boba Shett is clearly the offensive MVP for the first half of this season. How are you thinking on the uh, pitching side, though? Because this one's a little bit of a toss, I think. It is a toss-up because my first instinct is to go with Gossman because he's striking out almost everybody, right? Correct. But uh, at the same time, as much as I'm not... Uh, oh, that's tough because all the stars seem to be in a decent position. Bassett's doing not, not too bad. Rio's still kind of up and down, but more ups than downs. Kikuchi's still ups. got a... Yeah. <laughs> Kikuchi still has the almost like been pitching really well. I mean, he, he yeah. lets in a lot of runs, but he's somewhat, uh, you know, his confidence is there. Like, he's not the yes. 50-50 guy that we saw last season. Well, what was his record last season? What, 12 and 13 or 13 and 12? Or I don't know how much it was. It was, it was so it was like not a Barrios kind of thing. But if I had to go, I can't. Uh, I'm just going to have to say it. Must be Adam Simber. No, I'm kidding. Not Adam Simber. <laughs> Hope you get better, buddy. Obviously, I'm going to go with Gosman. <laughs> yeah, and to that point, the uh, baseball statisticians nerds would be 100% agree with you. At Kevin Gosman is currently number four on the Blue Jays' top twelve uh, WAR-rated players, so he has got two point four or two point one wins above replacement level. So that is very good, and he is the highest-ranked pitcher on that list. Uh, Barrios, I'm actually kind of surprised the metrics don't shine on him higher because he's had it to your point a very stellar resurgent season for the Toronto Blue Jays. And right now, if you had to talk about it. I think regardless of the regress that Bassett has had in some of the backs and forths, right now, if you were talking one-two punch, it's Gossman, Brios, Bassett, Kikuchi, and then another person that we're going to talk about extensively later in this show that has joined this uh, rotation again. So, um, And obviously, down the war level, he's pretty far off right now. So, uh, I don't know what it was, but I wouldn't be surprised if Alec Manoa is barely around zero or maybe even negative which means he's not above replacement level, meaning mm. the average Joe coming off the bench might be better than him, according to this number. That's the metric and how it works. Mm. Um, so okay. do you, are you curious how the ranking goes in that whole thing of how things are laid out for the whole, as far as who's on this list that I'm looking at here for the top 12? I'm curious. I'm curious. So you name number one. Bo Bichette has, like I said, the best wins above replacement value at 3.6. Trailing just behind him, Matt Chapman at 3.4. And then if I was going to make another category here, Ken, that I would think the unsung hero category, and this is the one that I was shocked by the most because I knew he was having a great season, but I might have to start going back on some of the things I said in spring training. And that is Kevin Kiermeyer with a 2.8 at number three wow. on the Blue Jays' war. So that is a number nine hitter as technically our third best player on the team right now. Yeah, no, that, that that's great. I mean, I love seeing the Jays getting, uh, you know, the stats are getting better for the Jays. I'm, I'm happy about that because I think we're going we're gonna to need these players, especially as we make it for that playoff run. So we need yes. them to keep their, you know, as much as we want them to stay consistent or get better, I would just say just stay consistent, right? Correct. Don't drop in performance. Yes, and I would say that Kevin Kiermaier up until some recent injuries over the last couple of weeks with back and some other things that he has been actually Mr. Consistency outside of Boba Shett. So, saying something. And then, number four, you mentioned the pitching heir to the throne here, Kevin Gosman. And then this is another one that shocked me because people get on him a lot for the offense not being where he was in this uh, trade for Loris Gurriel Jr., and that is Dalton Varsho is at a 1.9. And I would say that's heavily weighted on the fact that he has found key ways to contribute along with playing insanely good defense, which is part of this metric as well. Yeah. So. I think so. I mean, with Varsho too, he's one of those guys that, you know, he may not hit the ball all the time, but when he hits it, he definitely hits it. It's like him, it, Jansen, and the, even Biggio to an extent, right? They, they yeah. Their batting average is not the highest, but their offense-wise, they're really driving in a lot of runs that we would love to, you know, we just wish that the batting average was a little bit higher. But uh, oh, yeah, I would love a little bit higher than 214. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing that he has that kind of a war 
because if you actually break it down to the formula equals that, it's it's a little bit more weighted toward offense. So the fact that he's been 214 just shows the fact that when he has hit, it's been in clutch situations. The 12 home runs, the 30 RBIs, and I didn't realize he had 11 stolen bases. I knew he had a lot. I didn't realize it was that many. He's uh, both like um, a tank, isn't he? He like looks like somebody just, that can run, run for a ton of yards. NFL, yes, yeah, he's not a running back. He's not, not like a wide receiver or anything, but yeah, correct. So then you got George Springer right behind him in the sixth spot, and then Whit Merrifield, who has been finding all sorts of ways to uh, contribute. Barrios at number eight. Ty, uh, Tim Mesa is on this list at number nine. You notice hmm. anybody I haven't gotten to yet? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> number ten is Jordan Romano. And then number 12 at exactly one war is Vlad Jr. And Brandon Belt just underneath it. So, oh. but I think the right things are coming for Vlad. And I really hope tonight's home run derby uh, lights a fire under him because I have a strange feeling being around certain peers in Major League Baseball are going to get him anxious and get him moving. So I do think that's coming. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing with the thing with Vlad, though, because everybody knows he can hit the ball hard and far. I think everyone's expecting him to have at least, you know, 25 home runs already by this season, by the end of the by the All Star break. Yeah, the thing that kills me though is people get on him and he's batting 274 and still has 58 RBIs. That's what I'm saying. He's like <laughs> almost leading the team and runs batted in. <laughs> he's still he's, he's yeah he's leading the team, and then people are worried that how come we need 25 home runs? He's hit 13. Yes. Really? You hit 13 yep. home runs of the majors, buddy. <laughs> Not to mention the 19 doubles. And in all reality, the reason the war number is low is because first basemen don't get great defensive metrics. If you have a first baseman that's at a 3-0 war, you have the equivalent of you're probably going to be MVP in the just hitting categories for the Major League Baseball season at this time of year. So there's a little bit of weight to it because, like I said, you just don't make... Even if he is the current gold glove stand-in for this season, it's hard to take, hard to get a lot of bank because of the way the calculation for war is. But either way, the whole idea is to try boiling players down to one number so you can make levels and comparisons to even other pleasant, even other players in other eras. That's the idea. The math is cold calculating; doesn't care about anything else. <laughs> so, but to that point. I think everybody in this category here is stellar and the reason that the Blue Jays do have all the wins that you had mentioned a few minutes ago. And to that point, there is room for growth. Like we were just saying, if Dalton Marshall starts batting 240, that's a big difference <laughs> between where he is now and where he is at. Yeah, Vlad like, all of a sudden gets a little closer to 300. There's more home runs and hits in there. There's all sorts of things that could start really clicking for this off. Yeah, absolutely. If, especially if we have like if we had Espinal, Biggio, Jensen all hitting 240, man, that you know, we're gonna be like we were already like the best hitting team last year. Now I know we're not that far off this year, right? So I think we're still fairly close, or top five, I believe. Then uh, you know, that's one less thing to worry about. Because if the offense is clicking, then we can just focus on okay, from the defensive side. Now we can we know we can score. Now we how do we prevent the runs from scoring on us? Correct. And I think there's enough chips in the right places on that outside of what the Blue Jays might need for future coming in the trade deadline here, which is a whole other conversation, like I said, that we're going to get into here in a minute. So before we dive into that kind of stuff, as we preview the All-Star break and then where we're going here after the, you know, the second half of the season where the Blue Jays need to get to to get to the promised land, let's talk the last week in Toronto Blue Jays baseball again, because this was a fun week for Blue Jays fans and... A very weirdly tight series against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. Um, but let's talk White Sox first, where we were able to sweep a doubleheader and take the first game of the series. How important do you think that was, them sweeping that doubleheader to getting some of this momentum that's currently at their hands? I think, I think it's vital, because I think once we got swept by the Red Sox, I think the Jays were probably questioning themselves a little bit, because... To yeah. them, they probably assume that okay, Boston's like a playoff rival team. So let's let's take these three games in Boston and 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 just say okay, we'll treat it like it's a playoff game. And we lost all three, right? That Correct. doesn't help the confidence. So I think we all talked about last week that this next this coming week, which is this past week, we we need to get the confidence back. And the 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 White Sox, unfortunately, were the most perfect team 
for us to really get our confidence back. You know, like, you know, sweeping the, especially that uh, double header really, I thought, really drove them into that. It was well pitched, well hit, all sort. Everything was going the right way. You couldn't, they didn't run away with either of those games, but the fact that they come back and do some, you know, key things in the first game, squeak out that win. They do what they did in the double header to be able to keep running with it. And I just think it was the perfect way of putting the pieces back in together because in a double header, especially one that ran into extra innings like it did in the yes. first game, everybody is manning their battle stations in that game. There's nobody that's just sitting there in their laurels waiting for the next thing. They're all con- finding a way to contribute and run with this whole thing. So, absolutely. Um, so they took that momentum into Detroit and. There was a lot of momentum in that first game for Alec Manoa returning to the oh, major leagues man. from his uh, first thing. They tune up the Tigers for a twelve to nothing or twelve to two win, <laughs> and were able to really distance themselves a little bit. But like I said, the headline of that game, outside of the offense being crazy, was that Alec Manoa looked like Alec Manoa. That's for that's that's the Manoa that we want to see, right? That I mean. I, I was. I'll be honest though. When I heard, when I found out he was going to be playing this that on the on sorry, this past Friday, I was like, "What?" Because I'm thinking, "All right." I'm slightly flabbergasted myself. Yeah, because so. I think we were talking in the previous episode. We're like, "Okay, maybe he's just got to stay in, play play a few more, you know, double A, triple A games just to get his confidence back." Correct. I mean, but I mean, they did pick a good team for him to really try to get his confidence back. Right? It's not like we put him up against Boston. Or we didn't put him up against uh, you know, Baltimore or, or, or Baltimore. Baltimore. We put him against the Tigers. Who I think it was, what, 38 and 50, so they're not really doing that well this season. And, uh, you know, he did what he needed to do. It wasn't like, you know, a dominating performance, like, you know, striking out like 25 guys. But he only had a couple of runs in that he let in. What, four or five strikeouts? But he was, he was hitting his spots. And I think that was the one we were looking for, right? Because we had a previous episode, a whole episode on Manoa where during his struggles, he had trouble finding the spots to hit. And against uh, Detroit, he was able to find those spots again. Let's hope it continues moving forward. Got six solid, six solid innings, five hits, one earned run, and eight strikeouts. So that was, like I said, that was looking more like the Alec Manoa of old, which was the whole goal of him going all the way down to Dunedin and pitching down with the Gulf Coast League Blue Jays. And doing what he did to rebuild himself up. I don't know what he, what magic found a youth he found or whatever it was that he was dipping himself into to find it. Maybe it was just like we were talking about. He found the right person to listen to and Gunjin Ryu or somebody else down at the Florida camp that could help them out and get him back in the ballpark. Right. But the, the, the work is there. He did the work. Hopefully it continues to pay off because like you said, it was the Detroit Tigers, but this Detroit Tigers team is better than they've been playing is the catch. There's a reason that the Detroit Tigers threw a giant brick of money at Javi Baez last offseason. So they, they're expecting to start competing, and mm. they have the pitching to do that, which is what we saw in the second game against the Toronto Blue Jays in that series where we got blanked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, no. So yeah, I think uh, so, Jason's here. Should we should we get Jason to come on? Get him in. Yeah. Hello. Hey, we were <laughs> just talking Manoa. You got two cents? You're muted, sir. <laughs> Plug the headphones in, guy. Still got nothing. Still got nothing, Jason. That? Hey. Oh. <laughs> there we go. So we were just talking the Alec Manoa start. So do, is there anything you noticed? Um, I watched <laughs> the whole thing, actually. Um, I thought it was, I mean, you know, you, you were cheering for him, obviously. And you wanted him to do well. And he, the thing that really impressed me as a coach was watching him miss pitches. And he would step off the mound and he would, he would move his chest and his arm because he's obviously having either a problem with something sort of here or back here, pulling that pitch to the side on him when he wants it to, to, to break away. It's pulling it, not breaking. Gotcha. So you, so it's an alignment issue. You thought? Yeah. Uh, big smile, big smile on his face. Um, you know, 
I don't think it could have been any better. It was it was fabulous. Bless you. Sorry, had to sneeze. Yeah, I saw it. Bless you. Oh, but in the midst of that, we went from twelve to two win that day, Jason, to where Ken and I were just heading right when you happened to come in. I want to make sure you got a chance to weigh in on Alec. To blank. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was a little I, different. Again, I watched the majority of that game as well. And, um, I mean, the the Tigers pitching was just, I mean, they were painting lines and major speed changes. And, you know, I, you don't want to think it was the high of the day before that maybe had some trickle over into the, into the <clears throat> next game. I feel like that was a big part of it. Just, you know, uh, excitement, the high of winning that game and Manoa coming back and all the rest of it. And then maybe a little too much celebrating the night before. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if Detroit's not the biggest party town, but I imagine Manoa's return probably <laughs> a little bit. You can always find fun. There's no, it doesn't matter what city you're in. You always find fun. But yeah, I know. You always find trouble. You know, and then um, I, that's kind of what it felt like to me. They didn't look like it was bothering them too, too much. I mean, nobody wants to get no hit, but uh, um, you know, they came back and, and, and it was, again, it was, it was of that, that pitcher. I can't remember his name, the kid that started for uh, the Tigers. Matt Manning. Yeah. Isn't he like one of the highest touted prospects that there was? And then he kind of flopped a bit and got hurt and had a few other things. And I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's in that. I'm trying to think of, I would say he's had the kind of like the career of Kevin Biggio equivalent in a pitcher. You expect all the world for him, but he hasn't had a chance to really, really run with it. Gotcha. So. To that point, though, it was very, very, very cool to see. And that I honestly, I was still, as a selfish baseball person, I was wishing that he got left in. Yeah. Well, we had a chance to see a real no hitter. Uh, But to that point, the Tigers bullpen completed the sixth ever no hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays, even though it was a combined no hitter. Does anybody remember who might have thrown the last one? I want to, was Paxton. We were that's that one sandwiched by a pair of Justin Verlander no hitters. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so Verlander did it. Okay. If you were a betting person, there's six Blue Jays no or six, the Blue Jays have been hit or no, six times. Justin Verlander's thrown two of them. Jeez. And they were both in the Rogers set. Wow. Of course. So the last three no hitters that the Blue Jays had until this combined no hitter occurred in the Rogers Center. So this is mm. the first one in a long while. Since um, they were last no hit, um, I think the one that was actually before the other Verlander one was still Nolan Ryan. Yeah, against the 1993 Toronto Blue Jays, which is one of the best hitting teams in Major Ever. League history. <laughs> Ever, Whamco. Yes, that was full epitome of Whamco too. That was peaking Whamco because <laughs> that was the year that um, Olerud was the uh, batting champion. Paul Molitor was a very close second, and then Roberto Alomar was a very close third. <laughs> so the Blue Jays had the quote-unquote the three best hitters in the American League that year. Good problem to have. Oh, yeah, yeah, slightly. Yeah. There's a reason you win a world championship, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, we'll get to that in a second, actually. So on, we got to talk Sunday, because this was a very exciting game for the Toronto Blue Jays on Sunday. Um, they came back in the last inning and scored all the runs and were able to take the win. And J- Danny Jansen was the tying two-run home run. And then somebody we've been talking about on this show, wondering if he was ever going to really, truly get a chance. Nathan Lucas comes up big with a clutch hit and gets the winning run in in the ninth. So I was, I, I was just awesome. I was loving every minute of it. Yeah, it's. I think it's cool that you know, like I like Luke's. I think he's he's um, he's kind of the epitome of everything you want when you call somebody up. Um, you know, he, he'll play anywhere you want to put him. Um, he seems to to do work every time he's put into the game, and he genuinely looks happy to be there. Yes, that <laughs> helps. That point, him and Ernie Clement have actually made a nice little tandem of filling in every position you humanly could think of. Yeah, off of the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so um that was a nice little piece to it. Um in the midst of that, Jason, now that we are post All-Star game, basically, by the time we start the show back up next week, 
we did a little evaluating of where the Blue Jays were before when you were coming before you got here, which gotcha. was naming the first first half MVP for offense and pitching. Um, Ken, Ken and I both kind of unanimously came to Kevin Gosman and Bo Bichette. Good call. Don't really see much argument in that, <laughs> but the team was where we were. We're technically the second or third wild card is tied right now. Um, where does this team go from here? We have the trade deadline on August 1st. It's only a couple of weeks from now. It's actually technically three weeks from Tuesday. So what do we have to do to go from, I'd say, where we're in that tipping from good to great ballpark and getting to the actual great part, like like Schneider was mentioning, all spring training? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, internally, I feel like like every time I'm listening to, uh, I find it interesting to listen to some non-Blue Jays coverage of the Blue Jays. Um, and the the American broadcasters, you know, anybody who's talking about it, they, they, they're kind of surprised that the Blue Jays aren't performing as well as they are so to, sort of loaded for. So, I mean, there's a couple of things at work here. Like, like are, the, are the Jays internally as good as, or are they set to sort of just explode? Like, can we sort of take a look at this and be like, oh, you know, like a storm, the storm is coming. Like, I mean, they've got all the weapons they have, and, you know, do they just need a catalyst? Now, you know, maybe flash to tonight and... I mean, who knows? Maybe all of this might do it. All of the <laughs> stuff that's going on with getting there, all these guys that are there. If Flatty can maybe go off tonight, even if he doesn't win, but if he puts on a show in Seattle, might be that tipping point they so badly need. Um, I still feel like the Jays are probably targeting maybe a pitcher or two even. I, I still feel like Liam Hendricks is in the mix for someone that they may want to try and acquire. Um, and then it kind of gets a bit, I don't know where they would go. I mean, there, there's the looming threat of, of Ryu coming back in a month. And there's, you know, there, there's just, there's lots of things that are, are potentially going to happen in the next two months where maybe the Jays just look down the hall or down the bench. Like, you know what, guys, we're good enough just how we are to, so let's let's just start smashing. Let's really take this division by control and really start to enforce ourselves on it. I don't think it's going to be a big splash move. I think it's no, going to be a yeah. fill-in. I really do. And I do think there's going to be some moves. And I do think it's going to be reinforcing the pitching, like you were mentioning, or they're going to try finding something to really tandem in with some of these guys that we've been seeing in the mix of places, okay? Like, I'm looking in the fact of maybe you're trading Kevin Biggio to get somebody back in return that can be that extra person in the Whit Merrifield, Dalton Barshow, left field equation. Right. You know? Or maybe it's Espinal that goes. One of those kind of things. Um, the catching's finally starting to come around between Jansen and Kirk. There's only so many things I can look to improve on this offense. And I don't think that you're looking in that direction unless you are trading one of these big name guys for another big name guy. Yeah. That's too perfect for this club, which I don't see any of those guys on the market being available for this team. But they're not going to go trade for Shoei Tan, which everybody seems to think is coming now that Mike Trout's hurt. <laughs> so I don't yeah. think that's. As that's not a Blue Jay perspective. That's a Major League Baseball thing. Thinks that they're going to trade. The Angels are going to trade Shohei time um, and just preempt the whole free agency thing. Um, I think there's two, three weeks for them to hurry up and figure that out because they could fall really, really quickly behind without Mike Trout in that lineup. But I don't see, see that giant monster name that you're adding to this rotation lineup any of fashion that you're getting to that point. No, I mean it's. I, I think there's a few, there's a few tempting pieces out there, but I don't really see anybody tipping point that would be available. Um, you know, and and it's kind of like I said, like I feel like the Jays have underperformed all year long with what got. Like, I mean, they have every tool you could possibly want. Slash, maybe a, a you know a long reliever or, or somebody that can eat up some innings for you. I mean, they yeah. had a, a few guys they thought were going to be able to do that. You know, I, I think when it comes down to it, the, their bats are strong enough at this point. Their defense Correct. is great, could be better. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that might be the difference is, is getting in a, you know, a real defensive specialist at second base where you're trading Biggio out, maybe, you know, maybe putting Espinal on the bench or vice versa. Espinal goes, right. they get somebody who's a real legit second baseman with a strong bat and a, you know, a good baseball acumen. I mean, that's the, sometimes the crappy thing is we don't get to see into the coffers to see what's actually being talked about. I mean, we have to go on the rumor mill, um, uh, it, to be a fly on the wall in the Jays GM's office, you know, offices uh, for the next two weeks would be so interesting. Just to listen to the conversations that come up, you know. So that's the one thing. And before we have a little fun here with the home run derby and fun, there is the actual Major League Baseball draft going on. Did you happen to see Jason, the gentleman that the Blue Jays picked for their first round pick, twentieth overall? I was just actually, it's so funny you would say earlier today, I had half a second and I, it was one of the things that came up on my feed. And so I just, I I really just scraped the surface on um, what I was reading, like the first couple of lines, it was a really positive, um, you know, I I was from two or three different sources. Uh, it, It all seemed really positive. Which is what a first round pick should be. Yeah. I mean, the, a lot <laughs> of the talk was that they stole this kid. This kid yeah. probably should have gone a little higher. And, um, you know, it's, I always find that interesting. Like baseball is one of those ones, especially where, I mean, it's, it's some of the goofiest, you know, picks. Um, they, like a lot of, a lot of baseball teams, because their draft is so, they just pick up athletes they get down into like the sixth round and they're like hey this hockey player uh was really good in in you know in peewee baseball let's just draft them and they do yeah, so and, um i happen to know a bunch on of that guys. note this kid's got some hella accolades already at this point because i yeah i was kind of curious to because i don't remember seeing him on any of the draft boards or anything like that in this yeah. round so i was kind of curious what the blue jays were uh looking at so first off, he, he is of Indian descent. His family is directly uh, migrated from India to the United States. He's been here and going to school and everything like that. He is the first of Indian descent to ever be drafted in the first round of a Major League Baseball draft. So that's already a really, really cool accomplishment that I congratulate him on all heads over heels because that is just really cool and shows the, you know, mountain of work he had to put into even yeah. getting here so on that mountain of work <laughs> he is a rawlings perfect game preseason winner he is a first team all-american uh united states of america first team all-american uh first team of all conference is a wade boggs wade boggs athletic achievement award winner wow and he's a florida player of the year and did you guys I don't know if you guys and he saw batted, Yeah, God. There was an interview with him where, I mean, he couldn't have been more excited to have been picked by the Jays. Like, I mean, oh, 100%. And you can see it. Like, I mean, you can fake that stuff. Like, we've all seen Mike Bibby and some of these other clowns, you know, get picked and they're like, but this kid is genuinely jacked. Um, he's, he looks. Do you have like a picture of him, Craig? Yeah, I'm, I can post the this screen right now. Yeah, so listeners and the viewers. I don't even think we even called his name out yet. Because we're just yeah. saying how great. So on that point, it's Arjun Namala. First round over, or first round pick for the Toronto Blue Jays, 20th overall. That, those are some, like I said, some crazy good statistics. Even as a senior in high school, you look back at some of the players that had near 500 batting averages over the last 10, 20 years as high school players. You're looking at guys like Derek Jeter at his position and playing short. So He's obviously, I think he's got some growing up to do because that's the other thing that nobody's been really talking about. He is in high school. He is 17. 
So if he signs with the Blue Jays, he will be exactly 18 years old by the time he starts playing any professional baseball. That is a very uncharacteristic pick for the Toronto Blue Jays in general for their first-round picks over the last few years. Um, outside of Bobachet, Biggio, Vlad, you know, Vlad being a you know completely different situation. But to that point, those are the guys that were the youngsters in the Blue Jays minor league system that were really, really young. But most of their co- most of their picks have been college picks with this new front office. So I thought this was pretty, um, you know, card showing as far as where the Toronto Blue Jays think their draft picks should be going and trending in the right direction for the next few years because this and is something they haven't been doing. Didn't you say, Craig, that he also he was a cricket player originally? Like that's what that's what yes. he played for baseball. That was um, one of the things that he, they were talking about during the interview. And then just because I can be this person, we'll do this while we're chit-chatting. Yeah. This is him and his family during the draft pick going, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And wait, <laughs> wait, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Could you imagine point, the happiness? Wow. Oh, I couldn't even imagine you know, the fact that uh, the fa- his family was all there for it and everything that is too fun and too perfect. And I'm curious how much younger his other brother there or his cousin or whatever uh, that's tall there. <laughs> He looks he like a baseball player, too. We'll take him. <laughs> Hurry up and sign that kid, too. Just get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that was really, really cool to see. And as far as Blue Jays fans are concerned, it looks like this kid has got the stuff. And I think this is that uh, interview you were talking about. I didn't mean to unmute it, but to that point, um, crazy good shortstop. And it looks very interesting where the Blue Jays are going to uh, be able to go with his talents and stuff as I give you feeds from you know MajorLeagueBaseball.com on Twitter. Make sure I call that out before I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually months ago at the draft uh, combine. So it was interesting to see that he performed really well there too as the Major League Baseball has finally gotten into the idea of what the NFL and all these other play- t- uh, sports are doing with having an actual athletic competition for college kids and high schoolers to come and participate at. And to that point, now you're looking at the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, possible shortstop of the future here. So yeah. always right. a fun conversation to be having. It's, but I find it, point, I find it super interesting. So um, one of the guests that I'm, I'm trying to get on the show um, is the, uh, the physical trainer for the Philadelphia Phillies for the last like 15 years. His name is Dong Lin. Um, he's helped okay. us out a lot with our little league team. If you guys, you know, if you guys out there want to check somebody out, some this video. guy's a guru. <laughs> Dong is amazing. So Dong was just yeah. telling me that he was down at this combine and the one that they just had. And he's like, you know, he's like, I've been in baseball for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this. Um, he goes, most baseball players don't have a bar that they can look at because I mean, you go to a yes. tournament with a team and you may have a couple of kids on your team that aren't as good as the rest. It's, it's hard to measure how, you know, how you would do in team sports when you are just considering the one athlete. So what Correct. he was saying is this is massive for kids who are really athletic and maybe don't play in the best of team because that certainly does happen. Um, and you don't want to get showcased in a game where you hit five home runs and you lose, right? Like you want to, yeah. you want it to look like you're, you're part of the team and making the team, you know, as good as you can make it. But, uh, yeah, he, we talked at length about this the other night and, uh, um, really cool, really cool and really cool to yeah. see, you know, a high schooler with the savvy that this kid's got and the Jays, somebody in their scouting staff did some homework on this kid because, uh, you know, athletically he's incredibly gifted. Um, you know, and, and he's, how nice this swing is! Oh, it's it's unreal. <laughs> it's just nice and smooth. compact, very smooth. And it is, he looks like a baseball player. And to that point, it'll be interesting to see what what he looks like at the age of twenty. Because I have a strange feeling those uh, skinny little arms are going to turn them, you know, you know, pythons. Well, <laughs> and he'll hit some home runs. <laughs> it's it's funny because you know, like stories like this are pretty cool. Where you know he's uh, obviously of Indian descent and. Cricket was probably sport one for him, which involves a lot of the aspects of baseball. And a lot of people don't realize how mirrored the sports are. So here's, give me one second to just say this story. So there is a kid on our little league team. His name is Dovan Heerden. So he's 12. He's five foot nine and 175 pounds. Okay. So right 
right there, he has an athlete, you know, a, an athletically gifted body because he's that big <laughs> at this age group. So Doe hits home runs like I eat donuts. Um, he, he can't be stopped. They can throw the ball off the plate, high, low, inside, outside, wherever they throw it. This kid just mashes. He's good in the field. Do you know where he started? Cricket. He's from South Africa. Four years ago. go. Four years ago, dude had never played baseball. And he's now our best baseball player. Um, it's amazing I, how good athletes can translate into other sports. And to that point, I think that I think this is very similar to what we always hear with the Blue Jays announcers saying that Bo Bichette played tennis and was an right, elite right. tennis player. And the reason he can just wait and wait and wait and then knock the ball the other direction is because he's used to being able to have to do that to flip it to the other side of the tennis court. Did you, you know, guys? See- it's amazing how all these things flip into each other. And yeah, I just love this so far. And watching this kid even hanging out and talking with uh, Harold Reynolds and Greg Amsinger, who are Harold two Reynolds, of the better, two of the better MLB.com and MLB uh, TV guys. So it was Harold really Reynolds cool is not enough run in my book. I, I got nothing yeah. but time for Harold Reynolds. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, well, you know, that's boom. See ya. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. See, there's your fun with the cricket. I had to show it now that I showed it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the scouts really got to start looking into the crickets right now to really find out the next thing, especially if uh, Arjun actually turns out to be the star that we're hoping he is. That could be the, like you said, the next thing that we're that they're gonna look at. Not just college anymore. You're talking like another, totally another sport, right? Because, yeah, and, and baseball are great. Baseball is exploding in other parts of the world as well. Like, I mean, I think the Jays also have a kid who's playing in their um, in their Future Stars game, maybe today or tonight. When it, whenever the Future Stars game is at the uh, at the major, uh, the Blue Jays kid today. is from the Netherlands. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think what you're starting to see now is with professional leagues, you know, a very good one in Australia. I know that there's um, two or three in the Netherlands. I know that um, a guy that helps us train a little bit that um, is trying to become a pro ball player. He's in um, Denmark right now playing. So the opportunities are out there. And I mean, where classically, I think just like what you were saying, Ken, is classically you know you needed the kids to come through some sort of a high school program and then come through college and then become a baseball player i feel like what we're seeing now is the the and shohei is part of this is we're seeing the elevation of an athlete being able to maneuver around and if you're good and big and strong and you can run fast you can pretty much do anything so it all comes down to to and I see with a lot of these kids, a lot of them are multi-sport kids as well. Um, the kids who limit themselves to being in one sport commonly will not make it to the the highest part of it just because they can't. They don't. They're not athletically skilled enough to sort of do the things that are necessary to get to the next level every time. So, but on the flip side of that, you get somebody like this with Arjun that can do all those things and is super athletic that can do whatever the heck um, apparently a bit you can do on the baseball field. So yeah. we're going to be interested to see where it goes. And for anybody that hasn't heard the audio for this story that I'm showing currently with us on the feed, great story. It's on bluejays.com. Make sure you go listen to it. Sounds like a great kid that we're all going to fall in love with rather quickly because at that point, Ken and I were talking about this before the show. 18-year-olds usually need somewhere in the three- to four-year ballpark to be able to really get to the point where they're competitive enough to be going to the major leagues. But then for every guy that does that, there's that one exception always that can find their way in in a year or two or three. So we'll see well, what happens. It'll be very interesting to see how fast his lumber carries him to that. He's a good-looking kid. You know, He's got a couple of things. He's a good-looking kid. He's big, he's strong. And if if the if Major League Baseball has any kind of intelligence, and I know they do, to promote an Indian player to billions of people in India who maybe have never seen the game, have no association, anything like that. I mean, the marketability of this kid, and hopefully the Jays understand that too, because when Shohei came over, I mean, he certainly wasn't the first Japanese player to come over, but it sure caused a lot of waves. He was, Correct. you know... In a sea of, of, I mean, Ichiro was a hell of a baseball player. And I mean, what, who else did you have? Hideki Matsui and a few other guys, you know, were, were good. He was yeah. the next level. And I think when he came over, I think the reaction from a lot of my friends and, and people that I know was like, 
Yeah, well, he's Japanese, though. Like, I mean, no one's ever come over and been a superstar. I understand they're good, and I understand that you know, they yeah. play the, ba- the game a little bit different. And he's launching 500-foot bombs, and you're like, wait a second, is there a part of Japan we don't know about? Like, yeah. Well, that so, and the fact that with things that have come a long way since the fact that you more or less have to be either, uh, you know, speaking English or Spanish descent to <laughs> be really good at baseball. <laughs> things have changed a lot, you know, as far as where the recruiting is went, you know. Think about when the Blue Jays finally got great. They were heavily recruiting out of the Dominican Republic and Mexico, all those great teams. Tony Fernandez, you know, Manuel Lee, all those guys, Jesse Barfield, everybody, you know, it's just that was, you know, that that core was built on international signings and whatnot and bringing everybody in along with drafting good high school kid. This is a high school kid that has got talent that we will be very interested to see where he goes. So. Game's more worldly, to your point, Jason, than people realize. Yeah. Oh, and this just yeah. in, guys. I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of the stuff on um, on the Canadian Baseball League, like, um, you know, in, like, Team Canada. So some friends of mine who played, um, there's a guy named Matt Wilkinson. Um, if you get a chance, look him up. He's playing at Central Arizona College right now. His nickname is Tugboat, and you'll realize why as soon as you see him. He got drafted today by by Cleveland, which is so awesome. Nice. Um, Canadian kid, he's a beauty. He's built like a fire plug. Um, oh, that's so cool. It just came up on my feed. Sorry, I didn't mean Make sure you retweet it or whatever. We'll put it out there. But anyways, so seeing the we are only seven minutes from the home run derby, while we talk about the All-Star game itself with the Toronto Blue Jays and we talk home run derby because we are hoping Vlad gets a chance to do more of this this evening where we get to see flat out what he did as a current home run derby record still. He hit 91 home runs during this outing here. Funny enough, against Matt Chet. <laughs> so, um, but... To that point, boys, I'm looking very forward to watching John Schneider and him try to uh, rekindle this whole thing where he just smashed baseballs for an evening in Cleveland. And uh, funny enough, I didn't even realize it. That's the hat I'm wearing. <laughs> I forgot there was something. There was something outside of Justin Smoke making that. I forgot this happened at Progressive Field. So in the midst of that, this was a show for the ages. And as we just watch him, like I said, destroy 450, 76 baseballs here <laughs> so guys what are you looking forward to how do you think he does tonight i know uh, his first round i forgot who he was playing mookie first round mookie so he's got a sizable challenge with the number three seed in this tournament against him is it's luis robert who is yeah. mookie's mashing right now in the last 10 games he, the ball look must look like a basketball coming across the, the dish at him he's hammering everything um and you want to talk about smooth swinger? How about Mook? Um, I know. As an aside, I think that I think Vladdy gets through Mookie. Uh, I feel like uh, like like Julio Rodriguez. Um, he's going up against Arenado, is he not? In the first round, Mookie. Who did you say? Arenado against uh, uh, J Rod. So yeah. No, it's Pete Alonso versus J Rod. Oh, the Randy home run champ. Yes, versus the hometown boy. Yeah, so for I mean, the full the, the full match outs, the hometown team player. Anyway, yeah. Um, you have Luis Robert, who is the current major league leading home run champion with twenty six, against Adley Rushman of the of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Pete Alonso, who is the two seed versus Julio Rodriguez. Um, you have Mookie Betts versus Vlad Jr. And then you have Adelis Garcia of the Texas Rangers against Randy Arozarena. So, so those are some really cool matchups in the yeah. midst of that. I want to see Rosarena and Vladdy in the final. I actually predicted exactly that for my uh, T-Mobile. If you haven't, and you got five seconds of basically left to do this, MLB <laughs> play, MLB.com has the bracket. You can win a good chunk of money. Go there and put your bracket in and see who wins right now. I came down to Vlad winning just because I'm that person, yeah. but I had him against the Rosary. So and I, I don't know if you guys ever get a chance. There's a, a swing video where Aaron Judge is talking about some of the changes that he made and how he works his swing. Um, 
And the two guys that he references are Bichette and Randy Rosarena. So it's, and all the hitting that we've been doing, all the coaching we're getting and everything, every single pro we talk to is like, if you want to hit, learn how to hit like Randy or Rosarena. Like, Speaking I mean, of hitting, I forgot about this terror that he went on here for like four home runs in a row here. It was unreal. <laughs> and Matt Chapman's just sitting there like, what is going on here? Someone give me a sandwich. Yeah, give me, somebody get me a, a glizzy, as they say now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so that's so, my pick. It's a Rosarena and Vladdy in the final. It's just so I don't, I, I'm not a total homer, I'm going to take a Rosarena. But I want Vladdy to win. <laughs> there it is. But I want Vladdy to no. win as well. Yeah. I I really just, I don't care who wins at this point. I just don't want to see Pete Alonso winning. <laughs> it's one, it's a, the, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the fourth year in a row he'd win? Uh, it, if it's not, if it's not, it's the third, but it's at least the third. Yeah. He, he wins. I mean, he crushes for some reason. Baseballs. I'm feeling four. Yeah. And he's, his swing is made for a home run derby. Very similar to Vlad quick, compact bang. Um, I'm wondering how good the current home run leader in, uh, Luis Robert is going to do his swings a little long. I'm wondering if he's going to have to change that up too much to the point where it slows him down initially here. Um, but to that point, Julio Rodriguez also knows how to put on a show. So there's a lot in this home run derby tonight that's going to make it interesting. J-Rod's had a tough season this year, though. I mean, you know, it, it, he'll be at home. And so I think that'll give him a little bit of an inspiration. But uh, he has not played well this year um, in the field or at the plate, which is hard. I mean, you know, they're talking about him kind of akin to Vladdy you know, where they were talking about him leading the Mariners into the future on this magic carpet. And uh, then he kind of lays a, laying a stinker this year. Um, yeah. But he's a good ball player, so. This is what I want. Yeah. I want Vladdy having fun again. Yes. And I think this could be the thing that gets there. He had a riot doing this. And as I think long that as was they the don't like them all on fire. Remember, they almost yeah. put them all on fire before the home run derby? <laughs> Oh boy! Oh God! So now Liam Hendricks of all people trying to get Chapman to go here. <laughs> Bonus round for Vladdy as he tries to tap off his thirty-two or twenty-four home runs here. But guys, remember he hit ninety-one home runs during this Crazy. because of the playoffs against Jacques Peterson in the second Crazy. round. Um, just slightly obnoxious, and I honestly would be shocked if any player replicates that again in the home run derby. Because of, you know, there's only so much time. You have to have a extra couple of show-offs with somebody and extended rounds. Ken, clearly you're in awe still watching this video. I'm still watching the video. <laughs> wow. So, the guy's a beast. Nothing nothing yeah. short of it. 28 home runs in the first round. And uh, to that point, I think it's also impressive that he was uh, getting his, he's getting his pitching uh, back too because John, John Schneider is going to pitch for him tonight. So yeah, T minus oh sixty seconds. So <laughs> on that point, the way around. just because I don't want to stop this video, I'm going to let it keep running for the other couple more seconds it's got here. It's time. It's it time to do this guy Smash. mashing. <laughs> it's That's all about awesome. the hair. Check out it's the there. flow. Yeah. <laughs> My kids can attest to that. Yep. Oh, they got so, three, geez. And just to be my to put my sports center hat on here, this is the perfect video of showing what kids need to do as a as a hitter. You lean back, you step forward, so you squash the bug, and then you slap, yeah. and that's when you hit the ball. <laughs> Crazy. So good fun stuff. But that's the that end of the Vlad video go. right there. But look at Vlad go, and hopefully we can see more of that this evening. But guys, it's picks to click time, and then time to get out of here and watch some diggers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so last week I had Danny Jansen, Jason, you had Kevin Biggio, Ken, you had Brandon Belt, and the guest spot carried over Matt Chapman. So I um I had probably a big home run with the game the tying home run on Sunday. Um Biggio had a little bit of a rough week. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Brandon Belt have a two on home run game to start off this current little bit of winning streak that we yep. have going on here? 
Um, and I'd say Matt Chapman had a pretty consistent week, but I'd say that if you're looking at the numbers that Brandon felt for Ken, unfortunately might be the winner for me as much as I don't want to give him <laughs> more victories. And apparently my daughter ran off with my pen. Well, there you go. <laughs> here, 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 hand me one. <laughs> Let's see if this thing works. So Kenny, that's number six for you. Jeez Louise, and it will Ken. be your, it will be your pick to, Go hot and off of the All Star break, so the Blue Jays will be playing only a only handful of games before our next show recording on Monday. Three games set against the Arizona Diamondbacks, Rogers Center. Who do you think we got for three games before our next recording on Monday? And I'm uh, sorry I'm, to say the home run derby and the All Star game don't count toward your picks. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I am actually going to pick uh, Wood Merrifield. I think he had a really strong uh, Detroit series, especially near the end. Or I think he hit like a couple home runs as well. I'm thinking he might probably take that with him. Yeah, that would have been a great pick for this week. That would have been a clear winner because I think that offensively he was probably your player of the week for the. Oh Blue yeah, Jays. for sure, no doubt about that. So, anyways, Mister Lyons, you're up, or your next batter up. I <laughs> am going to. I wanted to see one thing. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to take Alex Manoa. Oh, there it is. So there, you're Ooh. banking on two things, that he's going to have the best start in three days. Yes. And he's actually going to be one of the ones starting one of those Yeah, I was going to... I was going to cheat character. and go look, but I don't even care. Yeah. They haven't announced anybody. You wouldn't be looking for much. <laughs> is he, is, is um, he pitching I, against Arizona? I don't know. We don't know. He's he taking a he's taking a full flyer. He's just hoping that open for the best. He's like, last well, night... Well, you mean he hasn't pitched the, against him in the past? Well, no, I just wondered if, like, uh, they'll try no, to was... put him in series against teams that will will probably win. That's I'm kind of curious if that's how they're going to try to work I'm just, plant him. I'm just getting put in full wind behind Manoa's sails at this point. Wind away. <laughs> yep. I'm going to say Vladdy because I think he's going to run off like a beast into the wild here for uh, <laughs> how things go for the uh, um, after the All-Star break. And we're going to have Matt Chapman carrying over again on the guest spot because I forgot to book anybody for this week. There you go. But next week, right. I believe we're going to have Leslie Nope rejoining us. Oh, more hat gurusms and flight deck uh, drama, I guess. I'm going to wear some different hats for her. Just for her. I'm going to change my hat as well. We'll get the hat, we'll, we'll get the ca- the hat counter going and see what we get for next week. We could week. honestly change it. Every time she puts a new hat, we ought to put a new hat on as well. You know? There we go. There you hey, go. Hey, hey. There it Good is. There. Champs. Well played this weekend. Congratulations, Jason. <laughs> no, it was a tough one. It was uh, it was much harder than we thought it was going to be on Sunday. Um, Grady Hoshin, uh, who's a good friend of one of my or both of my sons, he pitched against us. Highlands uh, doesn't have the strongest team, but they got a lot of got a lot of guts. And uh, a two nothing game. Both kids took it into the sixth inning. Both kids made it there, and um, our pitcher Finn Scheiman was unbelievable as well. And uh, a couple of timely hits for us, and two nothing win. So on to the provincials this the starting this weekend. Gonna be some excellent baseball if you're looking for something to do in the in the lovely city of North Vancouver. You can go to Deep Cove to Myrtle Park and uh, there will be the best baseball teams in the province playing for eleven twelve gold. There you go. And have a hot dog at the concession stand. Hope you enjoy yourself. Yep. There we go. <laughs> if you come and tell me, oh. I'll buy you a glizzy. There we there go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> So I don't know what's going on. Noises. <laughs> so, anyways, on that note, is there anything you two gentlemen like to discuss before we go off the air and enjoy a home run derby? No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> good deal. All right, Blue Jays fans, go enjoy the home run derby. We'll be back for you next Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern to enjoy an off day, funny enough. So we're going to, like I said, we'll have a guest here with us. Make sure you join into the conversation. We saw plenty of you coming in and out again, but everybody's so shy these days. Apparently, it doesn't like talking on the internet, even through text anymore. So come on, I'm, this is me challenging you. Come on. <laughs> so let's get going on that. And we'll uh, be here, like I said, on Monday evenings live on wherever you can listen in on your podcasting pleasures from along with anywhere after the fact, wherever you happen to get your podcasts from, we will be available on that note. Guys, one, two. Let's go Blue Jays. Dangers. LA Gruber. Dangers. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at Birdwatching GC, and our YouTube channel. 
If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.